think Chris came in last week. Wait, can you grab that? Yeah, Chris came in last week. He's like, they boxed me in. I got a funny story about that, actually. Sorry. Technical difficult. Can you all hear me? Okay, I'm safe. Yeah, I had someone be like, you couldn't hear the drums. (laughs) I was just like, it's either they're too loud or you can't hear them. (laughs) It was funny. It was good, though. How was everybody's week? Been a good week. I'm believing it's going to get even better. Amen? So we've been in a series, Royalty. And who was here last week? Okay, we got some hands. Whoa. Hey, listen, he wanted to make sure he's going to be at church this morning. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Actually brought back bad memories. I, there's a neighbor that, oh, man. Thank the Lord that I'm saved because that rooster, whew. I mean, and it's random, too. Midnight. It's wild. Well, we've been in royalty, and uh, if you were here last week, Fred talked about reigning in life. Did y'all learn anything last week? Yeah, just two people. That's good. No, <laughs> that's it's good though. How how many of you know we should be reigning in life? Amen. Right. How many know that you're not sinners if you accepted Christ? I'm a, I'm gonna say it again. How many know you're not sinners any longer if you've accepted Christ? There we go. I Fred brought it up, but I was. I, I've been going around asking people, and instantly people are like, well, yeah, I am. I'm like, that's kind of wild, isn't it, to think that, you know, if you paid for sin and you're forgiven, to walk around thinking that you're still a sinner. It's, kinda, it's, it's an interesting thought. And I did. I asked about 50 people. And I think there was, there was one person. One person that said no right off the bat, and he reads the King James. <laughs> Maybe there's something to the King James, guys. Let's get rid of the every other translation. No, I'm just kidding. But David's like, no, I'm not. And then, and then we chatted for a second, and I thought that was pretty cool. But this is a, a difficult topic to talk about, I think, you know, sin, but what, what I want to focus on today is that, you know, if we understand what Christ has done for us, then we no longer, we're no longer slaves to sin. Amen? But guys, listen, here's what I, when we're saying these amens, what I want us to do is when we leave here, I want us to leave better. I want us to really understand that we are no longer slaves to sin. My heart is that we will stop identifying with sin, that we're, we're not sinners. Because someone's like, you know, of course I'm a sinner saved by grace. I was like, well, if you're saved, then you're not a sinner. So no, you're not. And, it's a, and it is kind of a challenging thought, I guess, when you're taught something. 
But think about, could that be the very thing that, that makes the disconnection? That I'm claiming to be saved and set free, but I'm yet still identifying as a sinner. Like some of you guys know my story. If you don't and you're new here, my name's uh, Pastor Fred. And <laughs> my name's Seth, but uh, I, uh, so I used to be an addict, but I'm not that no more. And I'm not that because I found freedom in Christ. So I don't walk around still claiming, hey, I'm, you know, I'm an addict, but I'm set free. It don't make sense. And then the other thought, I was going to start asking people, like, like, what if I was like, all right, who in here loves God? Raise your hand. All right? Who in here is a sinner? Raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone now is all, all right, where's all my liars at? Raise your hand. So you're, you know what I mean? That's, some people are going to be honest, but not everyone. Like, it's weird because we walk around as believers and they're so quick to be like, yeah, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I'm like, no, like, let's stop doing that. We're confusing other people because that's not my identity no longer. I'm set free. I'm saved by the only one that can save. And here, what we're going to talk about today, I titled this Make It Rain. Because we, how many of us know we have an option? There's always a choice. And we're doing one of two things. We're either letting sin reign in our life, or we're letting life reign. And we have a big part to play in that. And we're going to see today, Fred was in, uh, he was in Romans 5. In, in Romans 5, verse 21, this is the NIV version, but it says, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he, he had, you know, just a, a couple key points if you weren't here. He had, uh, you know, if we were sinners, then what does that make us now? Not sinners. And then he said that those who receive, then what will they will reign. So, yeah. So, uh, what I want to uh, go to the next slide, please. What I want to talk about today is I want, I'm going to focus on Romans 6 which is, is interesting because it talks about, it's, it may seem a little confusing, and I, and I think it does get confusing for some people, but it says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. So if sin is dead, and we're, and we're claiming sin to be dead, then why is it still you know, why does it still come up as an issue? If it's dead and it's done, then why is it still an issue? And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Because, because of what Christ did, we don't have to sin anymore. 
calm down. I don't want anyone to get upset. Because I know everyone's mind's instantly going, but we do sin. But if you read that, it says, therefore, do not let sin reign. So there's an option there. And I mean, let's just be real. Let's think logic for two seconds here. The Almighty, we sing these songs, the King of Kings, all authority, all these things. Like all of that we believe that he is in certain areas. But then there's just some that we, we just won't bring him into for some reason. We're the ones that allows, if we're saved, we're the ones that allows sin to reign in our lives. And what Paul's going to help, help us understand here in Romans chapter six, 6 is that we don't have to sin anymore. We've been freed from the authority of sin over our lives. But let's just be real. Sin, if you want to put it on a basic level, sin still appeals to us. And this is a part of the process is as we continue to grow and we grow with him and we choose him and, and all that access we have to the source, like Fred talked about last week, we have access to the source. That's going to help us every day choose him and choose better to walk forward. And we no longer are slaves to sin. But unfortunately, we volunteer. But here's what I want you guys to understand, because anytime people talk about sin, uh, people get a little uncomfortable. Um, we don't have to, this is an encouraging message, because we don't have to allow sin to tell us what to do any longer. So, I'm going to come over here, because, guys, Listen. Sin does not control us any longer. Amen? I, I don't know if, you still, if, if, you, if you're not catching it yet, but because of Christ, the free gift, the access that we have now and that we can tap into daily, we no longer have to be slaves to something any longer. We're, we're free. But for some reason, like Fred said last, we're, we're striving we're straining, there's challenges for some reason because I believe it's we're not turning and understanding the source that we're drawing from. And today, we're going to do some reading, y'all. I hope y'all, did you bring your Bible? Yeah? All right, because if not, we got a big one up there. But we're going to do some reading today because I want to bring some understanding. And I hope that by the time that we leave here today, that we're going to be able to make it rain in a good way. So let's go ahead and jump into our reading here, Romans chapter 6. I read the message translation. Sorry, David. Actually, if you need a Bible, bro, I got you. If you need my King Jameser, I appreciate you. But let's jump into it. So when death becomes life. I want, I want us to focus on life. I want us to focus on that sin no longer has a grip on us and that we can live. So Romans 6, starting in verse 1. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should, I should hope not. 
If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? So I think, I think that right off the bat, this, this might help somebody, is that I don't, maybe, maybe you're not understanding that when you accepted Christ into your life, that sin, that like, it's, it's gone out of your life now. Like, it's gone. You packed up and moved, and it's like, you're, it's no longer there. And I, I don't know, maybe someone just needs to hear, or you didn't know, you didn't realize that we packed up and left there for good. Somebody say sin's gone for good. The authority of sin over our life is gone for good. That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. Everyone say grace. A new life in a new land. Next slide. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can, so we can see where we are going in our new grace-sovereign country. I want you all to read that with me. A light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace sovereign country. So I don't know if you remember me touching on last week that like the kingdom of God, if we allow him to show us around, we don't get lost. And I want you to focus on that with this because, again, the light-filled world. You know what? You know what I... You know it bugs me all the time. I I just wanna I'm gonna let y'all know right now. I know how bad the world is. Everybody does, right? But for some reason, that seems to be the only thing that we want to talk about. Is we want to talk about how bad something is or how bad it is. And it's like we can't focus or we can't see past all the negativity to realize that our God is still doing things. Like I was jumping. Y'all, I was jumping around. Like, I was so excited when I left here last Sunday. Do you want to know why? Six people gave their life to Christ. Listen, six people's lives will never be the same. That's more than just a hallelujah. Come on, y'all. They gave their lives to Christ. In a world of darkness, he's still saving lives. Like he's still working. And it says that if we'll put our eyes on him, he lights up the world for us and allows us to start seeing the things, the grace, all of this stuff that he's done for us and wants to reveal to us if we will just pay attention. But for some reason, we're so caught up in everything else that's going around that we just can't, we can't even focus and then guess what we miss when we're in that, when that area? The opportunity for Christ to use us. 
Because how many know if, if you're saved and you're following Christ, that he then gives you the heart for others? Amen? And if we're not focused, then what are we doing? We're missing it. We're missing what he's lighting up, what he's shining light on for us to go in and spread the word. Share the good news. Do all the things that he's called us to do. We're missing opportunities, y'all, because we're not seeing that it might look like this, but with God, it looks completely different. All right, let's go on to verse 6. He's already there. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to the sin-miserable life, no longer captive to sin's demands. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in the life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Amen. Come on, somebody. Never again will death have the last word. Like, come on. And I just, I, I want y'all to be encouraged today. Like, I hope that you leave here encouraged today, understanding that, listen, death, it doesn't have the last word no more. And I was reading this in the most basic form. That's what David calls it. The message is like the most bottom basic form. But I love it, though, because when I read it in the most basic form, because how about this? I don't care what you read, but if you miss the message, you've missed all of it. When you miss the message of who Christ is and what he came to do, you miss all of it. But when you see it in its basic form of who he is and what he did, I'm telling you, all of this stuff starts to become so obvious and right in front of us, that light that's shining up, it allows us to see. And we're not caught up in all this secondary nonsense. And we're able to focus on the creator and allow him to guide us into this. We're, we're, we're no longer sin focused. So it says, never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive... He brings God down to us. I'm going to read that again. He took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. For now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you, ha and you hang on to every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Come on, y'all. I'm looking forward to that's how excited I am. I'm I'm really looking forward to us grabbing a basic understanding of some of this stuff because I'm tired of seeing sin like destroy us, because that's what it does. I mean, it's a simple equation. Sin equals death. Receiving Christ equals life and peace. 
and uh, I so want us to grasp this and the next couple series that you know that's coming up I'm excited about it because when we begin to understand our true identity when we begin to understand all these things guys we move together in a unit and and nothing sidetracks us nothing sidetracks us and we just need to stay focused on on the one and the only and I'm going to read, I just want to read that again. Sorry, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm having church with myself up here. I'm excited. He took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. For now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on to every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Verse 12. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. All right, this is where it's going to start getting good. Don't give it the time of day. So, if I'm understanding, reading this letter from Paul, that we have access that it's us that allows sin to reign in our lives. And we, we have the ability to not allow sin into our lives. And this is simple. I know it's simple. Everyone can understand this. Why, why do we cast the vote of sin and keep it on is, is it, are they ballots? Is that what it's called? Why are we allowing it to still run for an option at our lives? And I, and I hope that you begin to start asking yourself this, guys, because this, this is it. And I, I don't know if it's, you know, we just get comfortable. It's easier to just be like, oh, it's like we keep it there to blame, have an excuse. But, but what we're learning is there is no excuse now that Christ has died and that he's resurrected, and that if I've called on his name, now I have no excuse to lean now on sin. So, so where's the confusion in our lives that we are having? Here's the reality. And I said this uh, not too long ago to the homes. Y'all remember this. But listen, if you're having more bad days than good days, something's wrong. And I don't mean to say that to say that, like, oh, I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying, if you're calling on the one, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that is over all and gives freely to us who ask, if you're, yeah, tell them about it. If you're having more bad days than good, there's a problem with where you're drawing your source from. So, so that raises the question, y'all. Where, where do we check the source that we're drawing from? How do we ask the hard questions of, man, what, like, what's the struggle here? If I'm being told that I, I no longer have to struggle with this thing and that I, I have the ability to make sure it doesn't rain in my life, then what, like where's, what's happening? 
And listen, my heart is not to beat anybody up. My heart, this actually, this message is for me. But it says, don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Serve yourselves full-heartedly and full-time. Remember, you have been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under the old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. So I'm just looking at this, and I'm thinking, if I'm not living in the freedom, then I must be still living under the tyranny of sin and all the other things that I'm just, I'm not allowing myself to accept and receive. Like Fred said last week, we receive, and that's how we reign. So, I just, I'm just asking. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking. So, is it that we're not receiving what he's done? Is that why we're not reigning? And that, that's a question we, I think we have to ask ourselves. Because. I don't know about y'all, but listen, if I have access to something and I don't have to live in something any longer, sign me up. I want to go at that thing full force. You're, you're, it's, it's not, it's, you're comparing something. It's death or life. Which, why are you playing with this one? It don't offer nothing. It steals. It takes. It, it does absolutely nothing. It even tears down around you. It, te- it tears people down with you. And then this one says, you don't only rise up and increase, but everybody around you increases as well. So where is the struggle of why is this even an option still? And that if this is an option, then I have the ability to figure out why what am I doing to search that? What, what am I doing to try to not even pay attention to that? Because here's what I've learned in my life. The more I focus on God and walk out what he's called me to, that stuff falls. I don't even have to do nothing to it. Like it just falls and we just walk in, the, in, in the, what he has provided for us and we keep our eyes fixed on him, and he takes care of all of it. And when we get to the place where we don't have to figure out how it happened, we just know who takes care of it, then we're able to walk and put one foot in front of the other, and it can look crazy as can be out there. But I'm not seeing the crazy because I'm seeing the Savior. Because it says, if sin, sovereign sin, grace, the sovereign grace, of God, and I can tell you this, anything that he has something to do with is a thousand times better than anything that he has nothing to do with. So we got to start really looking at this thing. All right, I got to get moving. Go to the next slide. Let true freedom reign. Verse 15, 
So since we are out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Don't look at your neighbor, by the way. If you're sitting there, or your husband or wife, just look straight ahead. Says, since we are free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. So you have a free act to give yourself to sin, and it's your last free act. But, there's that but. Phil always said that it should come, God should come after any but. Offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom Never quits. The freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do, but thank God you've started listening to a new master. Everyone say a new master. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Come on, guys. So reigning, when we think about reigning, ruling, so like I said earlier, sin still is is there. We're, it don't have authority over us any longer, but it's still there. But we have access to something that never quits. I don't know if we're reading or I don't I don't know if we're reading the same thing. Guys, listen. It never quits. Okay, you you don't have something today you're dealing with cuz you're sitting in church. You put your put your church clothes on. You're feeling good, right? But what about tomorrow? It never quits. Okay, 2 weeks from now. It never quits. So something kills constantly. But then we have something that never quits and gives life upon life upon life upon life. And guys, listen, if I hope you understand that if, if we don't get to this understanding that we're supposed to be reigning in life, I believe that everybody in here, from the moment we leave this place, you can start reigning in life. You can start reigning in life right now. But it's going to depend on whether you're going to receive and continue to call on him and see what he has for you, no matter what it looks like. And, and listen, you're going to have to, you're, this word, I told someone the one time, they looked at me sideways, I was like, I'm my biggest motivator. Like, my biggest encourager. They just kind of looked at me funny. I'm like, well, what? You ain't, you ain't with me 24-7. I got to encourage myself. And guess how I do that? 
reading this. I have a lot of cool people in my life, but they're not that cool. They can't give me the word that I need on spot to be able to then get me focused and walking back towards him the way I need to be because we can quickly, like I said, we're still exposed, but we volunteer. But how many of you know that as soon as you volunteer one time, oh, man, and I, let me tell you something. Sid needs a lot of help. I mean a lot of help. There's not enough hands. That's why everyone struggles with it. And there's still more hands that can be put on it. Sin needs a lot of help. How about as a church we stop giving it the help it needs? And we start giving and pushing people towards Christ. And we start really allowing him to work in our lives. But I get it. You're like, you don't know what I'm going through, pastor. You don't, you don't know what it's like. I, I don't know what it's like. I don't want to know what it's like. I want you to know the one who does know what it's like. I want you to know the one that you can call on, that his letters and, and everything that's inspired is for you to grow closer to him. Isn't that crazy? That, that everything that he does is for us to draw closer to him in every single way. And there's not... There, there's, here, here's the thing, okay? I don't have my phone on, on me all the time. Well, guess what? Let's start reading his word. Let's start memorizing it. And I know, listen, I used to be the one, I'm like, I don't need to memorize that. That's why I got that book. That's why I got my phone. That's why I got all these things. Then I started to challenge myself because it was like, oh, man, there's going to be times that I don't have this access. Then what am I going to do? But I'm telling you, when you know and you begin to have a relationship with him, I, I am telling you guys, I, I mean this with my whole heart, you have direct access. Not direct TV access. You have direct access. You're not waiting on a line. Your service isn't breaking. You have direct connection with the one that loves you, that sets you free from sin, that helps you get out of all of this mess and start to get your thoughts together and be able to refocus right in the middle of a situation to put all your trust right back into him. And he gives you exactly what you need. But I'm just wondering when we're going to start, church. When we, She said, right now. I hope you do. I hope all of us do. Because we can live openly in his freedom. His command set us free to live open in his freedom. Verse 19, I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom? You live healed, come on, expansive, holiness. Come on, guys. Did y'all just come today just to get a little, do you need, do you need your little week, weekly boost? 
weekly five-hour energy. Because, guys, here's my hope. My hope is that you hear this word, you take this with you. Again, we're talking about reigning in life. That means outside of here. That means you seeing the victory. Here's what, I, here, here's what I was thinking about this morning. I have weird shower moments. Don't judge me. I don't know why, but I just do. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, the victory, how many, like, what's, why, why are we not, like, why, why are we not getting it? Because I ask God, believe it or not. I ask for, I, I want other people to see this. So I'm like, God, why are we not getting it? He's like, well, if, if they don't see the victory, they can't walk in it. And I'm like, and I pitch, I'm a sports fan, so just hear me out. So, so you go to a game, and right, and you're watching the game, and if your team wins, it's a victory, right? Right? But then when you leave, what happens? If you're the team that won, you're walking in victory. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, so, so is it that we're okay to like check the scores? And like, hey, see what's going on? But if I don't see it, then I really don't know what's happening. Follow me. I'm going somewhere. If I don't see it, I don't know what's happening. So if I don't see what Christ did for me, and I don't understand the victory that I have in Christ, then I can't walk it out. And then guess what else? If I don't see it for myself, then I won't know that he really did it. And if I see that myself, then I can carry that wherever I go. That's something you can't take from me. Christ freed my life from addiction. Nobody sitting here can take that from me. I'll never turn back around from that because he did something for me. But I know that he did the same thing for everybody else sitting in here in some sort of fashion. I don't know what that is for you, but here's what I'm encouraging you. To look at that thing and realize that's your victory. And if you can see your victory, then you can walk in your victory. And if you can walk in your victory, then you can reign in life. Because you're going to take that with you everywhere you go. Sorry, I feel like I'm yelling at you guys. <laughs> so, let me get back on track. How much different is it now as you live in God's freedom? You live here, expansive, holiness. Verse 20. I promise I only have couple more slides. We're, we're making good time. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that freedom? Do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing. You're proud of now. Where did it get you a dead end? You know what I, th I think as I read this, I was reading. I think it wasn't until I could finally get honest with myself. As I, as, as I was focusing on Christ, he allowed to, he like was softening my heart, and I was really looking 
you know, I was looking into my word for him. No more obsessed agenda. I was just really looking for him. And he began to reveal himself to me in such a crazy way. And when I was able to get honest, then I could see that everything that I, I ever tried and failed miserably in, <laughs> the good God that we serve, he still showed me where he was at there. He still showed me where he protected me there. He still showed me that even though in, in that failure he was still there, he's going, hey, let him scream. I'm good with it. He's, he's shot me down. <laughs> but I had to realize it got me nowhere. Like I had to hit a point where I'm like, I got to try something different. And I mean really try something different. Not just say I was going to try something different. It was I realized that everything that I have done never, ever got me to a place of freedom. That it was when I just received what Christ did for me and the freedom came into my life, I was able to walk in that realizing there was nothing that I could ever do. It was all of what he did. And in, in those moments, guys, these are these things that we're talking about here that we have to realize it's, it's what he's doing. It's what he's doing in our lives. And if we miss that and if we lose focus on that, then we start drifting off over here and to the side. But here's what the cool thing is. You ready? This is the cool thing. We can bring it back. Because guess what? Because everyone's like, oh, God, just, you know, God, you'll do it. God, you can do it. I know you can do it. But how about, how, how many have learned he ain't going to do it unless you let him do it? it remember, we got to receive to reign. He already did it. We got to allow him. He, he lets us. He gives us that control. He trusts us. He said, listen, I'm here, but you got to let me do this work in your life. And until we understand that, we're going we're to wonder why we keep on struggling with sin and keep on giving it a, a better name, right? Because we, we've done a good job. At, my Bible tells me we don't have to deal with sin no more, but for some reason... We still make it like it's the biggest distraction and it's and it's tearing us down and apart as believers and, and we're okay with it. We lay down. Like what are we supposed to go and hide? Come on, church. We gotta stand up. Sin no longer has anything to do with my life or any control of it. Authority has been gone and stripped. I have to keep looking to the to the creator. All right, next slide. 22. We're getting there. But now that you have found, you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do. And discovered the delight of listening to God telling you. What a surprise. A whole healed, put together life right now with, everyone say this please, more and more of life on the way. 
Guys, are you noticing something? Is it just me as I was reading this? But sin, straight death, offers nothing. More and more life on the way. Y'all aren't excited. Maybe I, maybe I, I don't. Let, let, let me, I want you to observe, but I want you to get excited. The goal is to get excited, right? Because if I don't leave here excited, understanding, then I'm, I'm going to let sin still tackle me. Listen, guys, an hour from now, it's, it's there. I'm telling you, it's ready if you're going to allow it. Remember the verse at the beginning? It said, if you're going to let sin reign. I can tell you this, if we don't get excited about what Christ has done, then sin's right there to take its place. <laughs> he said, I'll get excited for you. So more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life. Everyone say real life. Eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. And guys, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. Maybe this, this is just for me because I remember what it was like to not be free. Anybody else in here recall a time where it was like not to be free? And I'm telling when you when when you realize what he did for you, oh my goodness, you wouldn't. Have, I'm telling you, you don't want to be around me. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm so excited. I I'm so excited. I'm for real. Sin destroyed my life. It, I, I listen. I was a slave to sin. Every single day. Every, every minute of every day, I was, a, I was a slave. I didn't have my own choice, I felt like. And then I met the creator that gave me something, and I was free. And it no longer had authority over my life. And I didn't forget that. And he continued to show me and grow me. And all of us have that same opportunity. And I... I just want us to get so excited today. I know, listen, people are like, football's coming on, lunch. Listen, I used to love all that stuff too, but I'm telling you, the freedom of Christ, I'll pass up all that stuff. If you can get me a little bit of that, I'm, I'm taking it. So the freedom that we have to be able to reign. Galatians, I, I put this in here. Go to the next slide, please. Galatians 3, 5 and 6. It reads, answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves? Let me read that again. He's working in things. Maybe personalize it. I don't know. 
He was working in things in my life I could never do for myself. Does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving? Or because you trust him to do them in you? So let's go back to Fred's message, his point. While we were yet, everyone say still. So if you were still a sinner and he did that for you, you had to do what? Receive, but you could do what? Nothing. Sorry about it. If you tried, I tried too. But I realized I could do nothing. He did it in the worst of times. The worst. Did nothing for it. And all we do now is receive. Working things in your life you could never do for yourself. Does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving? Guys, you know what? You know why you're tired? Because you're trying. So I got so excited. I was sharing a, a dream that my wife had, and I was laying right beside her. I woke up. And I had this thought of, like, why are we so tired? And I get out of my, I had another shower moment. I get out of the shower, come down. She's telling me about carrying these bricks up. And I, I have to tell you guys, because Fred, after the fact, he was like, I, I got excited and you didn't, you didn't tell us. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I got sidetracked. But she was carrying this up and she was striving. She, like, hit another level. She's carrying bricks up this mountain in her dream. And a guy showed up. He's like, hey, let me help you carry that. And y'all know my wife. She's hard-headed. I knew she was going to say no. Listen, Jesus himself would be standing in front of her. She'd be like, mm-mm. But she's like, no, picks it back up, and then she carries it to the next level. And she's tired, but she's going to get it there. And he, and he appears again, and, hey, let me help you with that. And, of course, she says no, and she goes to take it up to the next level to get it up there. And she wakes up before she got there. And that's when she tells me, and I goes, do you know, do you know why you're so tired? Because you're trying and you're not trusting him. You're carrying something that's not yours. You're trying to do something thinking that that's going to put you in a place that makes you that makes you in a better condition for me or situation with me when there's nothing that you can do. There's no amount of effort that you can put in to get in better standings with Christ. He, he loved you and cared for you and died for you when you were a sinner. So how much more when you're focused on him? How much more that when you could do nothing, he did it for you? But he said, stop trying. You don't have to try for my love. It's there. Just trust me. Just trust me. So it's saying that in, in all of your, your strenuous moral strivings are because you trust him to do them in you. Don't these things happen 
among you just as they happened with Abraham? He believed God, and that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. Guys, it, it's, it's in our trusting that we, we can try and we can try. Go to the next slide. Timothy, 2 Timothy. I, I'm just I'm putting some other places out there that it's, I, I want you to get this example. If we die with him, we'll live with him. If we stick it out with him, we'll reign with him. If we turn our backs on him, he'll turn his backs on us. If we give up on him, he does not give up. For there's no way he can be false to himself. Come on, guys. Do do you all understand that? He's he's not going to give up. He can't be false to himself. You want to go ahead and come up? Go to the next slide, please. Galatians 2.20 says, Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinions. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. Everyone say, Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to go back on that. So as we get ready to close, I just want to ask, What will you let rain today? Actually, what will you let rain in your life? Because one of two things are raining. You're allowing sin to set up shop and rain in your life. But you have an opportunity. Like we read today, we have the ability to turn towards the creator. You know what I've learned? Here's the difference in trusting God because situations come. They come our way, guys. But we have, we have an option. And this is how you know. If you didn't know, I'm going to help you out today. And I'm not judging you. I just want to help you out today. If you want to know where your trust's at, just see where you turn when a situation hits home. Because I, I promise you that once you know, here's the difference. When something happens in your life, if you turn from God, then you're not trusting him. But if you turn to him, 
then you're putting your trust in him. And you're going to understand that, no, not everything's going to go your way, but guess what? You're going to reign in life if you put your trust in him. He doesn't quit. He can't lose. So if you guys would go ahead and stand with me. I want to encourage you today. Listen, I feel like there's some people in here that you can see, you can see it raining in other people's lives, but you can't see it in your own. I don't think you hear me. If it's easier to spot something out in somebody else or their life and not your own, I want to help you today. And listen, I understand that life is tough, it's challenging. And maybe you've not ever seen the victory of what Christ has done for you. Because I truly believe that if you've seen what he's done in your life, you'll never be the same. You'll walk in victory because you'll understand that everything that's happened or ever going to happen, he's taking care of that at the cross. Here's, here's, my, here's my goal today is that we as a church leaving this building we would walk from the cross hear what I'm saying what has happened on the cross is done it's finished and today we have a chance we've all said it but Christ didn't die for us to what stay where we were at died for us to move forward so in order to do that we have to begin to walk the journey from the cross now sin is paid for we are forgiven we are healed we are all these things now we have an opportunity to walk from that and walk in that and I don't know maybe maybe we've just we've lost listen this is no place for shame. This is no place for any of that. I want to help people today. Maybe you're saying that I, I've, I've been allowing sin to reign in my life. And I want you to just be honest with you. This isn't for anybody else. This is for you. But if you've allowed areas of your life for sin to reign in it, would you just lift your hand with me? So we, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that, that as we walk out of here, we are giving, we are taking that area back and saying you can no longer have that. Listen, if you're here and you've never seen the victory of what Christ has done for you on a real, real level, and you want to experience freedom today, I just ask that if you'll shoot your hand up, that no one's here to embarrass you, nothing, not, none of that. I see your hands. Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you that you're unlocking our hearts, our true identities, Father, are beginning to be revealed to us. That sin no longer has authority over our lives, that, that we can take control of the areas of sin that are trying to come in to our lives, Father. You've given us the control and the authority over those areas, and I thank you for today. 
I thank you that people are taking those areas back right now, God. Thank you for the ground. Thank you for lighting up the path, Father, for us to walk forward, to draw closer to you. The goal is to draw closer to you, God, to be more and more like you. And every single day we get an opportunity to do that, Father. And I thank you right now for the people that are saying, I, I thought I'd seen the victory, but I don't. And I want to see it, God. Thank you. Thank you that you've opened their eyes to allow them to see what you've done for them. That there's freedom that they can walk in daily. There's peace they can walk in daily. There's joy. There's so much in front of them, Father, that you have for them. And they're starting to see it now walking towards you, Father. I thank you for that. And God, any need that's in this building right now that, that we don't know about, I ask that you would just meet it. God, I ask that you would open your hands up right now in anything that there's a need that he's just given it and just receive it right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. And we just trust you, God. Thank you.